Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. God is saying, I'm going to bring you to that place where you're at the end of yourself and you have no other option but to throw up your hands and acknowledge me and trust in me and ask of me and I will direct your paths in the way that I would have you to go. And oh, guess what? Spoiler alert, my way is the best way. (laughs) My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. God's ways are not your ways, and His thoughts are not your thoughts. Today, you learn from Pastor J.D. to surrender your life to the Lord. Don't get stuck in your own planning and self-sufficiency. Turn to the Lord in all things. Trust Him to lead and guide you to what's best for you. God's faithful to direct you to His will. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. So you can pay for this Fram oil filter now, much less expensive, or you can pay me later when you're putting in a whole new engine in your car. In other words, there's the easy way and there's the hard way. There's the inexpensive way and there's the really expensive way. And that's what Solomon is saying here. Proverbs chapter 3. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. It's, it's kind of like, you know how sometimes people will tie a string around their finger to remember to not forget what they know they'll forget to remember if they don't tie that string around their finger. I, I used to do that. I don't do it anymore because I, I would put the string on to think, okay, what was that for again? <laughs> it just didn't work. It's a thing with me. But this is what Solomon is saying is, do whatever it takes so that you don't forget. I mean, tie a string around your finger, put a necklace around your neck, do whatever it takes, write it on the tablet of your heart indelibly. And if you will do that, then you will find favor and high esteem, not just in the sight of God, but in the sight of man as well. And then verse 5 and 6. Oh, we know these verses. We memorize these verses. We quote these verses. We sing these verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. This is, for obvious reasons, I would say a favorite for many a Christian. 
You'll forgive me for saying it like this, and I, for lack of a better way of saying it, would suggest that those two verses actually provide for us the secret to success. I hate it when the world hijacks a biblical term and mars it and secularizes it. The secret to success. Not by the world standards, but the secret to success as it relates to living a blessed and fulfilled life, a God-directed life, a life, because we all choose our paths in life, but a life that has a path that is directed by the Lord. But here again, did you notice there are three prerequisites. This is a conditional promise. Three conditions have to be met before the promise of having the Lord direct our paths can be realized. And by the way, some of your translations will render it, the Lord will straighten out your paths or make your paths straight. And it carries with it the idea of God's going to straighten it out. You're on this path. (laughs) And it's quite perplexing actually. And you really don't understand. And that's a good thing, by the way, because if you did understand, you would lean on your own understanding, and you wouldn't acknowledge the Lord because you understand. Again, I know this is a firm grasp of the obvious, but when is it that we acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways? Is it true that we acknowledge Him when we don't understand? And conversely, when we do understand, we don't acknowledge Him? I mean, I come to this crossroads in my life, this, this decision, this situation, this set of circumstances, and I'm looking at this thing and I'm going, God, I don't understand what's going on here. I don't understand what you're doing here. To which again, I can just almost hear the Lord responding with that it's about time. <laughs> I brought you to this place where you couldn't lean on your own understanding. You couldn't trust in your own heart. You have to trust me now, don't you? Yeah. Because if you did understand, you did know, you would lean on that and trust in that, and you wouldn't acknowledge me, and you certainly wouldn't trust in me. So the three conditions, acknowledge Him in all of your ways. That's prayer. That's bringing before Him continually, praying without ceasing, at every turn, small or big, throughout the day, every day, all day, all your ways before the Lord. Oh, interesting. I just thought of this. This is so interesting. And we saw this in our study through the kings. There were only nine good kings of Judah, none in Israel. Only nine, of all the kings There were only nine that did that which was pleasing in the sight of the Lord. And did you know that eight of the nine of those kings messed up at some point in their life? There was only one king of whom it is said that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and throughout his life he never made a fatal mistake. The other eight, good kings, but they messed up. What was, the, and, and you, I, I can almost assure you, unless you were with us through that study, that you've never heard of this guy. 
You know what his name is? Jotham. Yeah, told you. Who? Yeah, Jotham. Yotham. The only one of the nine good kings, of all the kings, the only good kings. And he he did not mess up all the days of of his life. And you know what it was said of him? And it's just a couple, three verses. I think it's in Chronicles. It might be repeated also in in Kings. But it's said of him that every day he would acknowledge the Lord. He would present his ways before the Lord. He brought everything to the Lord. Lord, I need wisdom in this situation. Lord, I need understanding. I need need discretion. I need discernment. Lord, what, what would you have me to do? You know, God wants to lead us. God wants to direct our paths. He wants us to choose the right path, not the wrong one. And He'll do everything and stop at nothing to get us and keep us on, as Isaiah calls it, the highway of holiness. It's a narrow road, and few go thereof that leads to life, By contrast, the wide road, the gate that is wide and many go that path, and it leads to destruction. You know, to me, aside from being a very well-known passage for many, life verse for many, it is one of the most, if not the most, powerful promises in all of the Bible that the Lord will direct your paths. He will make straight your way. If you acknowledge Him, trust in Him with all your heart, not half-hearted, all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. That's, let me take that one step further. What, What does that really mean? What does that really look like? So if I think I've got it figured out, and I understand it, then I'm going to just do it myself, take matters into my own hands. I'm just going to forge ahead, because I've I've got it figured out. And God is saying, (laughs) I'm going to bring you to that place where you're at the end of yourself, and you have no other option but to throw up your hands and acknowledge me, and trust in me, and ask of me, and I will direct your paths in the way that I would have you to go. And oh, guess what? Spoiler alert, my way is the best way. (laughs) My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. In other words, there's a physiological benefit, (laughs) physically, in terms of your physical health. Verse 9, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. This is where I I want to spend just a little bit of time on, and I'll explain why. You know, from the day that we started this church, I made the decision early on that we would not receive tithes and offerings. 
that we would just have this box at the old church. It was a old one of those old brass mailboxes, and we just had a folding table, and we called it the agape box. And of course, once we moved into this building, we had these two uh, tithes and offerings boxes that we just put on the wall. We don't have, nothing wrong with that, but I just sensed that, you know, the Lord was going to provide, and you know, a lot of pastors make a big deal about money, and talk about money a lot. And the one thing I love about teaching the Bible book by book and chapter by chapter and verse by verse is the only time you talk about money is when you're at a place in God's Word where the Word talks about money. And this is one of those places where it talks about giving and how that when you honor the Lord with your giving, the first fruits of all your increase, that God will make sure that you will never be without. You will always have plenty. God will always, I heard it said this way, I'm a long time Larry Burkett fan. He was the founder of Christian Financial Concepts. He's with the Lord now. But he used to have a saying, he said, you can never outgive God. God's got a bigger shovel than you. <laughs> you can never outgive God. And it's not that we have to give. It's not that God needs us to give. It's that we need to give. It's the surrendering of our ownership and a placing of our trust in the Lord by giving back to the Lord that which is already His to begin with. I don't want to get into the whole, you know, tithes and offering discussion, but the reason I wanted to at least mention it was because I was a little bit convicted in the sense that you know, I, I almost erred on the opposite side because in not receiving an offering, which is an act of worship, by the way, and a command, it's a command, that, you know, by putting two boxes in the back wall and just mentioning that you can worship the Lord with your tithes and offerings, we have these agape boxes for you, I almost have gone to the other side so much so that I've robbed you of the blessing that is yours when you give. In other words, instead of overemphasizing giving, we've kind of gone to the opposite extreme and sort of underemphasized it, the importance of it. It is a command. It is a biblical principle to give and honor the Lord with the first fruits of your increase. It's the only place in all of Scripture where God says, I want you to put me to the test. I want you to see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that is so vast, you won't even have room to receive it. If you'll just trust me with the tithe and the offerings. I'll never forget the first, I was a young believer, this is 30, mercy, 36 years ago now. And I was terrified, I was scared to death to tithe. And I'll never forget writing that first check, everything's online now, but this is the back in the day when you took a pen and you had that checkbook, and you wrote that check. I remember how because I'm thinking to myself, there's no way that 90% can go where 100% has never gone before. And so you said to trust you, test you, 
So here we go. So it was the first check I wrote. I knew I had all of these other bills. I thought, well, maybe I'll just wait, delay this one, but I'm going to make that tithe check the first check. And so I wrote it out, and then I started writing the other checks for the other bills. And as God is my witness, not only did I have enough for all of the bills, I actually had money left over. I thought I had made a mistake. And I went back, and God just said, no, there's no mistake. It's not in the math. It's in the miracle. I told you to trust me. So I went from being scared to death to tithe, to being scared to death not to tithe. It's kind of like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? So I hope that by us not receiving an offering, that we have not de-emphasized or even dismissed, worse yet, one of the most glorious truths and principles in God's Word related to giving. I find it interesting that in verse 11, Solomon goes from talking about giving to God chastising. <laughs> Listen to what he says. My son, maybe I'm connecting dots that shouldn't be connected here, or reading too much into it, but he says, verse 11, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest His correction. For whom the Lord loves, He corrects. Just as a father, the son in whom he delights. The writer of Hebrews echoes basically the same exact thing. Verse 13, happy is the man who finds wisdom, and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand, riches and honor. Here again we have the personification of wisdom. Her ways are ways of, I like this word, pleasantness. When was the last time you used that word or heard that word? Pleasantness. I'll take pleasantness. Where do I sign? And all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding He established the heavens. By His knowledge, verse 20, the depths were broken up, and clouds dropped down the dew. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then, verse 23, you will walk safely in your way, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. Oh, sweet sleep. Verse 25, it gets better. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble, from the wicked when it comes. Oh, I wish there were an if there. We've been talking about ifs all night. I wish it would say, nor of trouble from the wicked, if it should happen by chance to come. No, it says when, when it comes. And here's why. For the Lord, verse 26, will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Verse 27, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. 
when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back and tomorrow I'll give it, when you have it with you. Do not, verse 29, devise evil against your neighbor, for he dwells by you for safety's sake. Do not strive with a man without cause if he has done you no harm. Do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways, for the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. The curse of the Lord, verse 33, is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. I hope that this doesn't sound like an oversimplification, and we'll close and end here tonight. But to me, the takeaway tonight is this clarion call to choose wisdom over folly. And I know that that can sound, again, like a, a firm grasp of the obvious, like, duh, of course I want to choose wisdom and not choose the ways of the foolish. But the problem is, is that there is a way that can seem right to us, but it's the way that leads to destruction. We need that discernment. We need that discretion. We need that wisdom from above. We need that knowledge. We need that understanding. And God wants to give it to us so that we can discern. This is the way. Walk ye in it. Choose life. Choose the way of the wisdom, not the way of the foolish. And I'll tell you, throughout this entire study, through this book, we're going to see time and time again this stark contrast between wisdom and folly. When we get into what I call the teens, you know the chapters that are in the teens, 13, 14, so on, it's what I call the contrasting Proverbs, where it contrasts the wicked with the righteous. And I mean at first read, you look at that and you, and you see what happens to the wicked, you say, I don't want that. And then you see what happens to the righteous, the way of the wise. You say, I want that. And the problem is, is that we have this proclivity <laughs> to choose the way of the foolish, innate within us, which is why we have a book like this in our Bibles. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but that doesn't mean you have to stop learning from God's Word. We encourage you to read the Bible yourself. You can start in Proverbs, where Pastor J.D. left off, or turn to another book. Each one holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you. Are you part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a top priority. A church family can be a source of support and comfort, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can serve and encourage others too, and where you can be challenged to dive deeper into your relationship with Christ. 
If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates. We also have some helpful resources, too. You'll find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there, a great way to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. That's all available at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time for more from Proverbs, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Call me, me true, true.